I'm Dylan Kilmer. And I'm John Perdue. And this is Against the Odds, MMA betting podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about UFC 228, Woodley versus Till, which takes place Saturday, September 8th uh, in Dallas, Texas. So we're going to be breaking down three fights on the undercard and then four fights on the main card. And we're starting with a bantamweight, a bantamweight bout between Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson. Uh, so Rivera is the 142 favorite over on UFC.com. And the comeback on Dodson is plus 122. What do you think about this one, John? Close fight. It really is. It's going to be close. The The odds show that it's going to be close. You know, John Dodson, he's been around for a while. Jimmy Rivera, he's not super new, but... A, newer than Dotson and Dotson's really just getting up in age and I think the the younger guy and Jimmy Rivera he's just gonna gonna overtake Dotson I don't think Dotson has enough left in the gas tank for Jimmy Rivera this time yeah uh Dotson's got four losses since being in the UFC two at um flyweight both against Demetrius Johnson and then since going up to Bantamweight he's two and two with losses to uh Lineker and Mariah's both good losses. I think the Yeah, both but great still, both great fighters. Still losses. But that's kind of that's kind of the thing. The cream of the crop in the Bantamweight division, I think, beats John Dodson you most nights of the week. Because Dodson is undersized. It's no doubt he's like five foot three. He's extremely fast, and that's where I think he can make up and have an advantage. But when you're fighting Jimmy Rivera, Jimmy Rivera is relatively he's short, but he's relatively stocky, big, one thirty fiver. He's a great wrestler. And I think even if this fight gets deeper into the rounds, and I've seen Rivera do it in other fights, is that he can kind of will his way to a takedown to score points on the card if it's close. So I think with Rivera, it's more can he keep the output up with uh, Dotson on the feet, which is the only thing I think where he could lose. Definitely, because Dotson is a very explosive fighter. You've seen him in fights against Mighty Mouse and other top guys. You just never know when he's going to strike. Yeah, neither of these guys are top-level knockout artists, but I think Rivera has more power than Dotson, and I think he can have just enough output, and then we'll mix in the takedowns uh, you know, to, to edge out Dotson on the cards, and I see this as a decision victory for Rivera, not a knockout or a finish. I completely agree. I don't really see this fight ending in a finish at all. Yeah, so I think we're both in agreement on this one. We're going to take Rivera at minus 142. So next we're going to go to... Another fight in the Bantamweight division. This bout is between Aljamain Sterling and Cody Stamen. Sterling is the minus 130 favorite, and the comeback on Stamen is at plus 110. What do you think about this one? It's going to be a great fight. Two young guys up and coming, both hungry, both looking to build momentum and build their name. I just got to go with the favorite and go with Aljamain Sterling on this one. I think he's too well-rounded. He was close to the top once before, and then he lost. I forget to who exactly, but he's on his way back up, you know, and I I just think he's too well-rounded. He's up training with Chris Weidman and Ray Longo up in New York. Yeah, and Matt Sarah. Yeah, uh, they come from a good camp. I think they're going to have Sterling well-prepared. Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference between these two fighters is Aljamain Sterling has been fighting world-class talent you know, top 10, top 15 fighters in the UFC for a while now. Stamen hasn't. But what I will say is that Cody Stamen actually has been running up the ranks. He's 3-0 and in the UFC. His most recent fight was a win over Brian Caraway. 
And that was an impressive victory. I think he won two of the three rounds. But I was thinking about, you know, is Stamen a guy who can beat a top 10 contender again? Um, not this matchup, though, because I think Aljamain Sterling matches up very well against Stamen. Stamen was able to beat Caraway because he was able to stuff his takedowns because he himself is a good wrestler. And uh, But what I will say is when he was on the ground, uh, Caraway made him look foolish almost, and he was lucky to get out of one round. He was about to get submitted in the first round, and then the bell rang. Uh, and that's really where I see one of the biggest advantage for Sterling is, is on the ground, he's a submission artist and a talented one, and I think he can get him in trouble once it goes there. And I think he's quick enough on the feet to outstrike Stamen as well. So I think it's just Sterling is too well-rounded for Stamen. Yeah, I, I agree. This is going to be a very close fight. But I, again, I think Sterling edges him out just barely. I'm actually surprised that this card is on the undercard. Or this fight is on the undercard. Yeah, it's an exciting fight. I mean, I'm surprised Rivera Dodson is too. But, you know, I feel like Stamen is a sneaky guy who can get a lot of wins, you know, against good talent in the UFC. He's very athletic, very good wrestler, but I just think this is a bad matchup for him, and for that reason, I'm taking the favorite in Aljamain Sterling. I completely agree. Good test for both these fighters. Yeah, definitely. If he was fighting, you know, three or four other guys near the back of the top ten, I'd probably be taking Stamen just based on his performance recently. So we're both going to go with Sterling on that one. Next, we have a women's strawweight bout uh, between Carla Esparza and Tatiana Suarez. Uh, now, Carla Esparza is the plus 430 underdog, and Tatiana Suarez is currently sitting as the minus 560 favorite. What do you think about this one? We were talking about this a little bit before the podcast started. This is one of those fights that, although there are great odds on Esparza, I think you still have to go with the favorite here. Uh, as you pointed out, Suarez is undefeated. She's a good wrestler, and Carla Esparza just can't get it done against the top of the top in that weight class. So Tatiana Suarez, she's right there. She needs this win, and this could be the win that gives her that title shot. So I think she's going to come out. I think she's going to come hungry with her 57% submission percentage. I think she'll put it away and add another submission to her belt. Yeah, this is definitely one of those... You see a UFC veteran and former champion in Carla Sparza at plus 430. You're thinking, oh, you got a good shot, you know, with good odds to get a win here. But Tatiana Suarez is probably a better wrestler than Esparza. And that's really the only thing Esparza does well. Suarez was going to be an Olympic wrestler and then actually was diagnosed with cancer, had to go through chemotherapy, beat that, and then started doing jujitsu and then finally started her MMA career. But since starting it, she won the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and she had two submissions of her three fights going through the ranks and then uh, f another submission in the final of the Ultimate Fighter. And then her most recent fight against Alexa Grasso, another submission, and she choked her out in like two and a half minutes. I think that Tatiana Suarez is a legitimate top five contender and will continue to be beating all these girls at 115 until they give her the top level competition. I couldn't agree more. She looks so good each time she fights, and really the sky's the limit for her. Yeah, Suarez, I think, should be a heavier favorite. In fact, there's a lot of heavy favorites on this card. This one's a heavy favorite that I think is almost worth laying the chalk on. I think she's that good. She's got vicious ground and pound. Probably her only weakness is maybe her stand-up kickboxing, which we haven't seen a lot of, but Esparza's not going to be able to bring that to her. So we're both going with the heavy favorite and Tatiana Suarez. 
Next up on the card, we're going to the main event. We got a women's strawweight bout between Jessica Andrade and Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Now, Andrade is a relatively heavy favorite at minus 400. The comeback on Kovalkiewicz at plus 330. What do you think about this one? This will probably be the only fight on the card that I will bet on the underdog in Carolina Kowalkiewicz. I think she is good. She had a close fight, pretty close fight, I should say, with Joanna Janjecek when she was champion. Not the closest fight, but uh, she definitely held her own. And Adranj is, she's definitely shooting up the rankings. Uh, she's a good submission artist, you know, finishing... 40% of her fights by submission. Kowalkiewicz, on the other hand, 77% by decision. So the, their styles don't really seem to make for an exciting fight on paper. If Carolina can use her jab and her uh, Muay Thai to keep Adranj away, I think she can do enough to get the win. Yeah, when I saw this line, my first thought was definitely, that's pretty good odds to take Kovalkiewicz at plus 330. I mean, she can go out and beat anybody. But when you really think about it, for me personally, uh, she has looked pretty inept on the ground. She hasn't been there often, really only against Claudia Gadelia. But Gadelia got her to the ground early and submitted her in the first round of their fight. And she just looked like she had, you know, was helpless. She couldn't stop any of her movements, her wrestling. And uh, this is Jessica Andrade's wheelhouse. She picks up and throws everyone. Mm-hmm. She's extremely strong and stocky and has pretty much looked unbeatable except for her fight against Joanna Janjecic. Since coming down to 115, all of her previous losses came when she was still fighting up at 135. This is definitely her division. Um, and Andrade's kickboxing has definitely gotten better over time. But, I mean, I think I think if this was a kickboxing fight, I would take Kovalkiewicz as the favorite. But I think that Andrade is just going to be able to get her in terrible positions quickly, early, and often. And I think it's going to be enough to either win a decision or possibly get a submission win. So it's a tempting one for me, but I'm going to take the favorite, Andrade. And uh, I'm going to stay with Carolina on this one. Um, Her takedown defense is roughly 87%. Andrade's takedown accuracy is roughly 60%. So it's going to be close. It'll be a good fight for sure. Yeah, and I can't blame you for taking Kovalkiewicz. She gave Yenyechik probably the best run for her money in a title fight up until she lost to Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really looks good in her run in the UFC, and she's only got two career losses, so I don't think you can go wrong either pick there. And next up, we're going to a featherweight bout. Uh, Zabit Magomedsharipov taking on uh, Brandon Davis. So uh, Zabit is the minus 1,200 heavy favorite. And the comeback on Davis is plus 775. So that's quite an underdog. What do you think about this one? Uh, I'm going to agree with the odds makers. This is my lock of the night. If you've seen Zabit fight, you know he can do anything he wants at any time he wants to anyone he wants. He's that good. This is really just his chance to put him in the middle of a pay-per-view before two title fights just to show him off to the world so people can see how good he actually is. And they gave him a good opponent for that. I think Zabit's going to go in there, dominate, walk out relatively unscathed. I think he's that good. Yeah, poor Brandon Davis for stepping up and taking this fight after Yair Rodriguez pulled out. And my theory is that Rodriguez pulled out because I think he was afraid and he faked an injury and he knew he was going <laughs> to lose this fight. 
I don't think anyone wants to fight Zabit. And uh, they made a comment. I went back and watched his most recent fight against Kyle Bochniak. And uh, they, he made, they made a comment that they had five fighters turn down a fight against Zabit before finally Bochniak took the fight. And I think that's going to continue to be a problem for him. He looks unbeatable. He's just got so many different weapons. You know, he's got scissor kicks, back kicks, great jabs, great range. He looks so calm and composed in there. He looks unbeatable, especially if he's going to continue to face this level of talent in the UFC. He needs to be fighting top 10 contenders and probably top five title type contender fights. I want to see him fight some talent. You know, I think I would have taken him against Rodriguez and I'm certainly taking him against Davis. I don't think this thing lasts more than a round, round and a half. So this is an easy one for us both, I think. We're both taking Magomed Sharapov. Gotta go with the favorite here. Yeah, he's just... He's too much. All right. And next, we're going to our first title fight of the night, and it's a women's flyweight title. We got Nico Montano taking on Valentina Shevchenko. So the champion Montano is the plus 900 underdog, and the comeback on Shevchenko is now minus 1600 on UFC.com. That's one of the highest lines I have ever seen favoring a fighter in a UFC fight. What do you think about this one? It's interesting. When paper, you look at it and you see the champion at that high of a favorite. And it's it's definitely hard not to take. But like you were saying before we got on the podcast, dig deeper into their backgrounds and you see Moitano doesn't really have the quality wins that Shevchenko has. Uh, Shevchenko, world kickboxing champion. She's about, looks like she's about to be an MMA champion. She's just good. She has She's had good fights against good opponents she hasn't looked bad in any of her losses she's a pretty complete fighter i i just don't see her losing this fight yeah um i mean you got to give props to montano she had a great run at the in the flyweight tournament for the ultimate fighter ultimately beating roxanne modifieri in the final but uh montano doesn't look that good her mma record is five and two she's already got two losses i don't think she's been fighting top level talent and uh, I went back and watched that Modifieri fight. They looked like they were moving in slow motion. It's it just it looked ugly. Like if if she can't get Modifieri out of the octagon in five rounds, she does not have a chance against Shevchenko. <laughs> Shevchenko is a murderer, and really the only person who's been able to figure out Shevchenko is Amanda Nunes, and she's beat her twice. And that may just be a stylistic thing, but I mean, in the first fight, it looked like Shevchenko was coming on late and was going to win, but ultimately, Nunes got the decision. And then in the second fight, I think she more handily had the decision. I just think maybe Nunes has uh, improved more during her time at Bantamweight. But Shevchenko's true weight really is 125. She looks perfect there. And she absolutely annihilated Priscilla Cochiera in their fight. I mean, they really should have called that fight earlier. And uh, her team should have thrown in the towel. I mean, she was getting her face beat in for 10, 15 minutes straight. It was, it was just an ugly fight. Shevchenko's a murderer. I think that this is just a complete lock. It's such a mismatch in a title fight. That's a crazy thing to see. But uh, I actually got Shevchenko at minus 650 right when the books opened. and But she's been just skyrocketing since then because I think everyone knows that this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I, there's no reason not to go with Shevchenko in this one. Yeah, not there really isn't. So we're both going Shevchenko. She's a lock. But probably not even worth betting at minus 1,600. When you're only getting back a 16th of what you're betting, I don't even know if you bet this fight. This one might just be better to leave and just enjoy the carnage. 
All right, and in our final fight of the night, we're looking at a welterweight title fight, and we got Tyron Woodley taking on Darren Till, currently over at UFC.com. Tyron Woodley is, essentially, it's a pick fight. He is at minus 112, the comeback on Till at minus 108. But I can tell you, depending on what book you go to, you can have these guys even money, or one of them the slight favorite and the slight underdog, and I think it's just going to continue to gyrate and shift leading up to this thing. What do you think about this one, John? Exactly like you were saying, this is a pick'em fight. Uh, I don't know what to expect. Tyron Woodley's been out for what over a year, fifteen months, something like that. So ring rust is real. People say so that's a long time for a champion to be gone, and not just a champion, a champion of one of the toughest divisions in MMA right now. Then on the other hand, you have Darren Till, who, and I would not even bet on this fight until Saturday morning when you know Darren Till has made weight. Um, I can just see him not making weight at all and having them sub Kamar Usman in for Darren Till. So just to be safe, I wouldn't bet until Saturday morning because Darren Till has missed weight his last two fights. And if they do fight even after till weighs in and misses weight it's going to be tough for me because people who miss weight this year often win i think they're like five and one or six and one something like that but they have a winning record when they miss weight and still fight yeah this year i i've definitely this year i've been intentionally betting on guys that missed weight because they almost always win yeah so there's a lot of factors going into to how to bet for this fight which i would hold off on but if both guys make it to the ring or to the octagon championship weight i'm gonna go with tyron woodley yeah i think i agree with you too so i you know i didn't really even know a lot about darren till until the cerrone fight and then saw him come out and just start cerrone and i was like whoa who is this guy but uh i've been going back and looking and watching some of his older fights and he has improved a lot his debut was against wendell Oliveira may 30th of 2015 he looks great in the fight he ultimately elbow knocked out Oliveira, but he did not look like the same fighter that he is today. He was not as toned, not as muscular. He looked more like a guy who could make 170. But nowadays, you know, you're talking just three years later, he is huge for the division. He's put on a lot of muscle. He looks a lot quicker. His movement is much better. He's an extremely powerful striker. But where do I see weaknesses in his game? I think what I see is things that weren't exposed in the Cerrone or Thompson fight, and that is his wrestling. He does not have world-class wrestling, in my opinion, and that is probably the one place where Woodley has a very discernible advantage. And if there's one thing we know about Tyron Woodley, it's that he will always work against his opponent's weakness. He's not going to charge in there and get into a war with Till, especially through five rounds. I think he's going to engage him and he's going to take him down and he's going to win this fight intelligently. And that's how Tyron Woodley, his title reign has been. And uh, I just to defend him in the ring rust thing, when's the last time he had a long sit out before he fought? That was against Robbie Lawler. And that did not go well for, for <laughs> Lawler. That was an ugly knockout. Very true, very true. And I, I do, although people will say Woodley has been a boring champion, he's been a very smart champion. He's He hasn't rushed into anything. You know, things could have been different if he didn't get injured when he fought Damian Maya. There's no real excuses for the Wonderboy fights. They were boring, yes, but 
they're smart they're smart fights he's been a tactician the entire time he's champion and i don't really expect that to change i do expect woodley to come in and try to try to take till down but till has an 83 percent takedown defense he uh till's wrestling is pretty good and but has he fought anyone with the wrestling of tyron probably not yeah definitely uh woodley the one thing i will say about woodley is that the fights he has lost he has a loss to jake shields he's got a loss to rory those were fights where he did get outstruck at times now i think he's improved tremendously since his loss to mcdonald that was his last loss uh but you know woodley the other thing i see with him is he has unbelievable power and he hasn't unleashed it since he knocked out lawler he's got three consecutive fights without a finish and he usually doesn't go that long without a finish and one thing i've been noticing with darren till is that he's not afraid to exchange and he often wins the exchanges but when he's coming in his head stays on a center line and when you're fighting a guy like tyron woodley he can knock you out you know on his back pedal yep so i mean i just think he's so powerful that I could see a till with the inexperience. I mean, he's 17 and 0. I mean, he's certainly starting to earn his ranks in the UFC, but I could see him making a costly mistake, especially early in the fight when Woodley has, you know, his full cardio. So I think this is a close one, but I actually really like the odds getting Tyron Woodley at even money. Like you said, Tyron Woodley's not an exciting champion, but he is an exciting champion in terms of making you money if you keep betting on him, I think. I completely agree. And then the other thing I think we should talk about just shortly, because the podcast is going to be up, and if people are thinking about it, if Darren Till misses weight, which I don't think this guy could make 175 more times, I just think he has to go to 185 soon. This guy could probably fight at 205. Um, what do you think if this comes to Karaman Usman taking on Tyron Woodley? What do you see in that? I, I see, I see Usman winning. I do. I think he. His, I think his wrestling is too good. I think it is probably the best in the UFC. I think his knowledge of range and knowing where to be and where not to be, his angles into when he... He doesn't get hit that often, and his angles into his shots are beautiful. But And I, I don't know. I just think... I really think Usman wins. I don't think that Woodley has been preparing at all to be wrestled. And if Usman comes in and just wrestles him the entire time, I think he can get the decision victory. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way because what I will say is Tyron Woodley has just spent his entire training camp getting ready for Darren Till. Karaman Usman's not concerned about Tyron Woodley not making weight. He's going there and he's making the weight hoping that Darren Till misses weight. So Carmen Usman just had a training camp, essentially, or, you know, at least half a training camp. He probably didn't have a full training camp for this, but he's definitely been preparing for Tyron Woodley. And I think short of a knockout, Usman is an unbelievably talented wrestler. I think he can dictate the pace of the fight. His cardio is great. Over five rounds, I think he could win a decision, maybe even get a submission against Woodley. I can definitely see him getting in trouble, and I'd be interested to see where the lines were at. But, you know, if Usman's, you know, plus 150 underdog, plus 200, who knows where they open it, even closer to even money. I think I like taking Karaman Usman just because he's got the advantage of the surprise coming in late. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I really think that if it came down to Woodley and Usman, I think Woodley is in some real trouble. Yeah. Had a, he, like you said, he's at a full camp to prepare for Woodley. He, he knew that yeah. Woodley was going to come in and make weight. 
and if he was going to replace anyone, it would be Till. So he's been preparing for this fight. Like, it's a championship fight. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so let's go to some parlay picks. Who are you taking in a parlay? I don't like anyone in a parlay, honestly, in this whole card. But if I had to go with my parlay, it would be the last three fights. I would take Woodley, Shevchenko, and Magomed Sharipov. So that's minus 112, minus 116, and minus 1,200. So a $100 bet on that parlay pays out 117.88. And then my parlay for tonight, or for tomorrow night, would be Tyron Woodley and Tatiana Suarez. Woodley minus 112, Suarez minus 560. $100 bet on them pays out 123. So that's not terrible. Both, Both just tipping over to an underdog bet on our parlays. Um, maybe one last thing before we go, just early thoughts. What are you thinking about Conor McGregor Khabib? It's in October. I am excited and I couldn't be more happy. I think as MMA fans, we win. This will be one of the biggest sporting events ever. I don't know. I don't want to give any predictions yet. I'm just excited. I'm excited as a fan of the sport. I'm excited for where it will take the sport. Yeah. We'll definitely do a breakdown coming up on that later. But one thing I will say is that Conor McGregor has opened as a slight underdog. Khabib has been the slight favorite on all the books. And one thing I actually did is I took a position. I put some money on Conor McGregor. I got him at plus 145. And my theory is the betting public is going to shift in Conor McGregor's favor for almost any fight. He always opens the dog, it seems like. And then, except against maybe like Nate Diaz, but against uh, Alvarez, he was the dog. And ultimately, the betting public shifted it. So my hope actually is that the betting public shifts it. If I get Khabib as an underdog later, right before the fight, I would bet that too. And then I'm just going to take whatever the difference is. But uh, that's going to be an exciting one, and I'm looking forward to that one coming up. So we'll be back with another episode soon. All right. Take care, everyone.